55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, that's right. Play a little football. Go to college and play a little football. That's one way to do it. Lots of ways to go to college, boys and girls. You can pay for it because you know it costs something. right? That's why colleges are successful, right? And have money to pay their teachers and their staff and the janitors and the the parking attendants, and build buildings and maintain and keep the electricity on over in, uh, you know, the the dormitory. Uh, They make money. Colleges make money because they have a commodity that is for sale that you can buy if you want it and if you can afford it. So you can pay for college and go. You can, I don't know, make straight A's and get a 36 on your ACT and get all kinds of academic scholarship that the college will accept in exchange for, instead of money, they'll accept that as your currency because they really want you because you're super duper smart. We want you. So we want you. Come on. So we'll take your scholarship money or we'll give you scholarship because we want you. Or... You can be really good at football. <laughs> How about that, Roger? Well, for some folks, uh, that's the only option, right? <laughs> Let me just say it like this. I didn't have fifty dollars to $100,000 laying around at 18 years old, nor did my family. And I certainly didn't have no thirty six on the ACT. You hear me? Yeah. So you it's know, a- the, people, the people I knew who did were kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> Were they really? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. <laughs> you could probably kill me and get away with it with that 36. Roger, you 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 just said they're all weirdos. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't mean to say it that way. No, I'm just Matt picking said on that, you. Man. I'm just picking on you. You know, Roger did not say they're all weirdos. I'm just jealous. That's all. He's just that we're jealous. It's not you. It's we. I'm jealous. You know how much easier it would have been. To make a 36 on the ACT, get all that academic scholarship, get all your school paid for, go and um, you know become an engineer as opposed to five years of getting your bell rung every day at practice. You know how much easier that would be? <laughs> it would have been much easier. Welcome into the show. Hello to everybody listening in on the radio in and around Jackson on ESPN Jackson 105.9. If you're listening live in central Mississippi in the Jackson area, what up to you? To everybody who listens on uh, in, in in delayed format in Vicksburg at night and WBLE in Batesville at night, hey to y'all. If you're watching right now on Twitter or on Facebook, hey, you can see how to be a part of the show right here. Here are the numbers. Uh, text the show at 885-ESPN. 
885-ESPN or 885-3776. You could call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, 995-1059. That is a 601 number, 995-1059. So give me a shout on the Divinity phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., so uh, give me a shout. Happy to be with you here on Hop Day! Hop Day! You know, Roger, sometimes you use an iPhone to stream on Twitter, and right after the show starts, your phone tells you that it's going to go through an automatic uh, software update. <laughs> Odd <laughs> <Yeah>. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Murphy's Law in full effect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. Uh, Divini Phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Jay Clay starting us off today. What's up, Jay or Clay or Jay Clay? What's up? Hey, Matt. I was just going to say, uh, based off what you said just in the intro, you and I aren't too far apart in age, and we only made a 32 when you maxed out on the ACT, so we dang sure aren't as smart as some of those folks. <laughs> yeah, kid, man. Apparently I don't, I don't remember when they... 97, I think. Okay, well, then that's when I graduated high school. So I, the highest you could make when I graduated was still a 32. So Okay, so the highest you can make was 32? I'm, yeah. I'm, really? And you graduated what year? I graduated in 97. And, okay. Roger, if, you're, if you can tell us, I think it changed that summer. Okay, so yeah, late 90s. Kind of get some basic information, but it's the stats on the, the 36 score only go back to 97. So it must have started that school year or whatever. <laughs> I think it was that, yeah. But yeah, I can remember for a for pretty pretty solid certainty that you could only get up to a thirty two. So back in the day, we couldn't even get close to that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and it, um, it just shows you how little attention I paid to it when I took the sucker. I took my twenty seven yeah. and went and went to the house, happy <laughs> no with doubt. it. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Happy with it. Yeah. I think all I think all of us would take that and roll to the house. No doubt. Well, and it was one of those things I just remember, like, you know, I was in a pretty large senior class at Prattville High School there in Alabama. It's a 6A school then, now it's 7A, but, you know, back then it was only six classes. So, you know, we were in the highest classification in terms of the number of kids we had in our school. And uh, so pretty large senior class. And I would say we really had, you know, like a handful, maybe like five guys and girls combined who – they were these elite academicians and knew it, you know, had never made anything less than 100 on anything and were bound and determined to go make a perfect score on the ACT. And the rest of us are like, I just want to pass and go home, <laughs> you know? Um, so well, the funny thing is I've got a seventh grader right now and she wants to take it at the end of the year this year. And she's going to be disappointed, her words, if she makes less than a 20. Yeah. And I'm like, a seventh grader? I can remember taking it in the seventh or eighth grade, I think. You know, the teacher made you, and it was kind of part of the class. Right. I think we. I think I made like a 15 or a 16, maybe, and that was pretty good. Uh-huh. Right. But now she's like, I'll be disappointed if I don't make a 20. And I'm like, holy crud. What, <laughs> are, what, what do you expect to make when you get to senior year? Right. I know it. Good she's point. She's like 32 plus, and I'm like, well. That's, wow. Better than anything I could have even made when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Well, if you make that, if you can do it, go do it. 
No yeah, question that's what about I told it. Her. Go, girl. Anyway, y'all have a good day. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jay Clay. Thanks for the call. All kinds of stuff going on. My phone buzzing, getting texts. We got phone calls coming in. We got texts coming in on the text line and a very interesting Twitter thread. I have a disagreement going on with TJ, who listens to the show. Um, at the end of the Brooks show, the gridiron before this, <clears throat> you know, Brooks was talking about the paying of the athletes and paying of the players. I do think that's coming in college football. It's kind of that ever revolving. It's like my hover helmet back here that sits between the two magnets and just hovers in midair and it just swirls around and it just swirls endlessly. Now, unless the power goes out, but it just, it just never stops turning. And that's kind of what this argument is about paying. And what I did is I texted Chris's show and just, I had two, this is the questions that I get that I think you have to start with when this whole paying the players thing and hang on, Ryan, I'm coming to you. The whole paying the players thing, all that. I, I don't really care what way it goes. I don't have a, a dog in the race. I don't care which way it goes. But what I think realistically is they're never, ever going to make any progress towards you know, benefiting the players, paying college athletes, having money that's available to them, or sharing the revenue with them, treating them like employees, all that stuff that a lot of people want is never going to happen unless there is an agreement sitting on the table with the NCAA and the schools on one side and the lawyers and the athletes and their advocates on the other. And in the middle, there comes an agreement, a common agreement here, that's redundant, on what the value is that they currently get. So I always ask that question because what I find is 100% of the people who argue on behalf of advocating for the players that, you know, some people go so far as to even call them like, it's like being slaves. You know, you're doing this work and you're not getting anything for it. Well, okay, but you have to tell me what they currently get, what can we agree on the value is. And I'm talking everything they get. So what is the scholarship worth, the education, the opportunity, the tuition, the room, board, the books, the food, the training, all, you know, all the coaching – it, you know what is that value? If both sides of the table agree on that, now you have a starting point where you can figure out the rest of it. So this is the kind of thing that happens. TJ on Twitter said, "Tuition on the ledger from an athlete." Well, let me start with my question. The question I asked is, "What's this?" Is what I text to the show. What's the value of what athletes currently get from schools? Like tuition, room, board, grants, food, training, etc. What's the value? I guess they brought it up. I didn't get to hear it. I was hoping to. I didn't get to hear it. I got busy. And TJ responded on Twitter and said, tuition on the ledger from an athlete on scholarship is the biggest line of BS in college accounting. It doesn't cost them one red cent extra to educate that athlete. I could go on. It's BS. To which I responded, but... That's the one commodity that schools have to sell is access to the education they can give you. If they didn't sell that, then they all go broke. Okay, so their thing that they have a value that other people want is the access to the teaching and the education and the training, and then ultimately the piece of paper that's a diploma. We can call they have that to a pay racket. The tutors. 
Yeah, you got to pay the tutors. It may, may not be a good uh, good time to mention that. But what but. I'm saying is, Roger, <laughs> any non-athlete that goes to a four-year college has to somehow, someplace. some way, has to pay for their education, right? That's, that's right. I've got to basically buy my ticket into that classroom. That holds value. Everybody pays for that. That's what I said. Is I said, but other students, non-athletes, they have to either pay or have scholarship money. Therefore, there's value there. That's the revenue for every college. Nope. And then, and he responded, and he said, we can all name a thousand things that athletes get that non-athletes don't. Why is tuition special? And I said, well, I'm not saying it's special. I'm saying that tuition, for instance, and the education is just like everything else they get. It has some monetary value. So all I do is ask, what's the monetary value? Why is that so hard for people to answer that question? Okay, he responded. He said, look on the ledger and the dollar value is spelled out. He said, it's a lie, though. That's part of my point. And I told him his point is factually incorrect. And then he told me I was just disagreeing with him. But what I'm saying is everybody in a college classroom has access to that education, those classes, that curriculum, everything, because in some way they have paid for it. We don't live in a Bernie Sanders world yet where college is all free. We still live where you have something of value. You can choose to give it away if you want, but so far none of the colleges have chosen to give it away. They are selling it effectively. So if they're selling it to everybody who's in class, then when we give it to the really smart kid on academic scholarship or the really fast kid on uh, athletic scholarship, we are giving them something of value. And that's my point, TJ. That's the only point I'm making is that, you know, anyone, I'm fine with it. The whole world can advocate if they want against the NCAA, the current model and the colleges and, and say, we've got to figure out a way to pay these athletes and give them what their worth is. I'm fine with that. The whole world can get on that side of the table and argue if they want to, but what I'm telling you is it won't go anywhere until everybody agrees what the value is of what they currently get. Because right now, all the classes that they take in any major, <clears throat> any degree, and most of these kids are getting uh, you know, BS degrees and then getting their master's, all of the tuition and all the books and all the tutoring and everything is paid for is free. All the room and board is free. So therefore, all the opportunity is free in exchange for their service as athletes. Okay? That's why the school gave it to them because so they can run really fast. And until you figure out where the imbalance is, just screaming and yelling, oh, this, they could educate them free. Well, that's what I'm telling you is that's living up on a cloud up there with Santa Claus. And frankly, it just is not realistic. And the worst argument, TJ, is the one you made at the end of this thing, and I'm going to leave it here. The worst argument you made in the whole thing is you said it's free labor with six and seven figure coaches, and it reminds you of the 17th and 18th century, and we can stop there. That's the worst argument that you could possibly make because when I signed a scholarship or when you signed a scholarship, we did it out of choice, out of opportunity. Nobody made me do it. 
There was no punishment for doing it. There was no punishment for not doing it. I simply chose to do it. They said, we've got this opportunity for you to play for us. You want to play? Guess what I did? Heck, yeah, I want to. And I signed on the dotted line, my name. I took it. I accepted it because I wanted it. And you did too. Nobody's making them do it. You know why they do it? Tremendous opportunity. The keys to the rest of your life. So the last argument you made is the most faulty in the whole thing. All right. Ryan, like a good caller, has been hanging on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> well, eight minutes to be exact. Appreciate it, Ryan. What's up, man? Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Um, I just heard uh, Tommy answer some questions about, you know, how the shoulder feels and everything. And um, he said he's close to 100%. But I think they, they asked him the question if he was limited at practice. And uh, it, it brought a little bit of a question mark up because he said um, – He's like, you know, I'm going to let Coach Moorhead answer the answer to that. Right. Um, I, I thought a lot of him coming out of the game was more precautionary, but it did raise a question mark. And also, too, a comment that I wanted to make was uh, Jake Coker at Alabama in 2015 had a similar injury, and they ended up winning a, uh, a national championship. And I think all they did was he just got a shot before every game. So Right. Um, you know, I've definitely heard that it's not going to make it any worse, but I don't know. It was just a little bit of an interesting uh, response that I heard back from uh, Tommy on that. Yeah. Um, Clay, I mean, Ryan, I'm sorry, Clay called earlier. Ryan, this, I'm going to try to play it for you here. This is the clip in yesterday's post-practice interview where they asked Tommy about his injury. He said he felt good, but then when they asked him specifically, are you going through the entire practice, he said he deferred He'd let Joe Moorhead answer that. So here's that. Let me see if I can play it for you. From a health standpoint, do you feel pretty close to 100% right now? Yeah, no, I feel good. I feel good. Um, you know, I think uh, we were doing some things uh, Saturday just to, you know, better be safe than sorry. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Do you have any restrictions right now in practice? Or are you able to do everything? I'll leave that for, for Coach Moorhead to say. So you okay, have... so you heard that right there. Um, he started out saying he felt good. And I can tell you I'm watching the video of it. If you want to see the video of that particular clip, uh, it's available on my Twitter feed. It's at Radio Wyatt. So just look it up, at Radio Wyatt. Uh, it's right there. You know, he's wearing a dress shirt, looks fine. You know, again, it's not some type of shoulder injury that requires a brace or a sling or anything like that, Ryan. Um, and what you say is my understanding as well. I talked about that yesterday. I, I talked with a um, – someone who is an orthopedic doctor that was over the weekend and was reminded that, yeah, Jake Coker is an example of an SEC quarterback who had a similar, if it is an AC joint, I've heard the rumor that it's an AC joint thing, and we talked about what that is, that Jake Coker is an example of somebody who had one of those, played a whole year because each weekend he'd get a shot in there and help him manage the pain, but it wasn't the type of injury that he could go out and make it worse. And that's the whole key. Now, this is what I would tell you. Yes, Ryan, it leaves open this thing. He goes, well, they asked him about, is he doing everything in practice? And he said he'd let Joe Moorhead answer it. That was a really smart move on Tommy Stevens' part. And here's why. Ryan, if they are doing some extra things in practice with, say, the backup quarterback, Schrader, then on Tuesday – why would we intentionally put that out there in the public 
so that the opponent can get the news clippings and start to try to figure it out ahead of time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, but that also tells me that that's probably the case. Well, maybe so. Maybe it is. Um, and, And I would think, you know, if Tommy... Some of this goes without saying, right, Ryan, because Tommy left the game. We saw him leave the game. He didn't play the second half. The other kid played the second half. So we kind of already know all that. So in terms of how they're structuring practice, I just think that was a question that Tommy, you know, he didn't want to say, well, the other guy's getting reps just in case I go out there and get a lick in the first quarter and can't play the rest of the game. You know, he just didn't want to say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate the call, Ryan. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, and we'll keep an eye on it. And look, we don't have to wait too long. Thankfully, it's Wednesday. Thankfully, it's Wednesday. Twitter feed. At Radio Wyatt. TJ says, we have different experiences and backgrounds. I'm telling you how it feels and looks, not only from myself, but teammates and current and former players I've talked to. It's a mess. Nothing gets solved without discussion. And then he wishes me a good show. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. And I agree. That's the thing. You know, we've had a couple of years of a big old bubbling up argument about should college athletics go a different route away from amateurism? It's not fair. You know, we're trying to look for the equal thing. You got to get the right people to sit down, discuss it across the table, and figure things out. And like what I contend is the colleges in that side of it and the schools and the NCAA are not going to figure anything out with anybody until there's agreement on what the current value is that some, somebody's getting as a student athlete. As long as there's big disagreement there, it'll go nowhere. Stick around. Back on the show, plenty of coffee in the thermos today, even though it's later in the day. Plenty of coffee in the thermos. From High Point Roasters in New Albany, y'all go to highpointroasters.com and buy your coffee. And you won't regret it. Dan Skinner, Dan the Coffee Man there at High Point. Check him out. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service, Farm Bureau. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Local agents, hometown heroes you can deal with one-on-one. Hopefully nothing bad ever happens, but you know, like like with me, when that water heater explodes and ruins the wood floor, you know who to call. And you have a cell phone number. You don't have to wait until like, Air quotes here, business hours, and call some 800. You just call your buddy who's right down the road, and you can kind of get the process started and deal with somebody one-on-one. So way it all had your hot, hot water heater do that? Yeah, several years ago. And I say explode. Yeah. It was one of those deals. Like, I mean, it was intact, but. The bottom fell out, like it rusted out or something. Right. And, well, it, it was going out the backside. It had shot out the back. and, oh, and But you couldn't see it until it was too late. Until it damaged the sheetrock. Right. I mean, the indication was like the floor in the next room was buckling. And I was like, what in the world? And then you start researching and realize where it's coming from. And it was 
coming out of a place in the water heater where you would have no idea otherwise. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. That's just the way it goes. Uh, lots and lots and lots of texts on the text line to get to here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let me see if I can go rapid fire. Moose Dog says only t- maybe 20% of people need to go to college. Most jobs can be learned on a job. But companies want to see a degree. Most people can do what they are doing today without college. Um, Candice says, are we the least penalized MSU team you can remember? Well, so far through two games, right? Uh, we were amazed last week. We didn't have a single penalty called on either team in the first half of that Mississippi State Southern Miss game last week. No, no you hadn't seen that too much. <clears throat> so far, so good. Here's unnamed texture. Mr. Matt, look into your crystal ball. Tell me, does a quarterback does quarterback play remain at such a high level we haven't seen in years? And do we put what does this say? Do we put a lowly Dan Mullen recruit such as Osiris Mitchell into the league? Hmm. Good question. I don't know. He's you know, Tommy Stevens referred to him as a physical specimen. He is so long and tall. I mean, he's smooth 6'5 or more. And he's playing well this year. 10,000 a year on top of what they... I don't know what that means. Uh, it's an unnamed texture. I just didn't get all of it. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Ready Teddy says, if you're okay with college football players getting paid, then you have to be okay with college players getting fired and replaced. Hmm. There's some things about being employees that are not fun. You know, withholding for taxes and oh yeah, that whole job accountability thing. Mitchell in Jackson says, when I hire a plumber, I just want a good plumber. These guys aren't going to college to get a degree. They are there to play football and everybody knows that. Kobe and LeBron were able to skip college. The NCAA is a scam. That Text from Mitchell in Jackson. PRG, nobody is arguing that there's no value in what they are currently receiving. Who's making that argument? Well, you'd be surprised. Lots of people will look you right in the eye, PRG, and tell you that the education, which is represented by a tuition, is of zero dollars value. None whatsoever. Zero. And see, that's a problem. When you get that far of a gap on one side of the table versus the other, then it's just not going anywhere. Um, unnamed Texture says, much like my nephew who tried out for the band at Southern Miss and was accepted to be in the band, but no scholarship money was left to offer, I, so he decided not to be in the band, uh, let's see, I said I, so he decided not to be in the band, players who don't think just getting a full scholarship is enough can refuse to play sport. Yeah, it's funny, I mean, nobody refuses to play. Talk about how unfair everything is, but everybody still goes, don't they? Um, and then an unnamed texter, the question is not what it costs to co- the college to educate the athlete. Rather, what would the athlete have to pay if the education room and board and other amenities were not freely given with scholarship, plus the opportunity to earn a career in pro ball? There's lots of things of value. Again, that's what I'm saying. Can anybody agree on what, where and, and what the uh, – the value is. Brooksy. What up, Brooksy? 
Last one, then I'm coming to the phone line. Brooksy says, paying players is going to happen. The how is in question. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. I'm 42. I'll be dead before it happens. I'll make that prediction right now. <laughs> Nothing happens fast <laughs> No the NCAA. No. Paying players is going to happen. The how is in question. He says, I lean toward what California is doing, which basically allows businesses to pay whatever. Let the market or school support supporters determine what the individual athletes or recruits are worth. And, you know, Brooksy, like the easiest thing about that to get on board with is to say, if you do that, then effectively what we have called cheating over the years, which is the, what do they call it, impermissible benefits? Isn't that the NCAA term, impermissible benefits? And yeah, it is rampant. And I mean, look at college basketball. You know, it's rampant. Okay, so what that would do then is it just allows everybody to play the game. And so any school with the most interested fan base, with the most money, i.e. law schools and medical schools, could then go and effectively buy the best roster. But anybody could do it. You know, some might argue right now we live in a world where, I mean, look at what North Carolina got away with, therefore it wouldn't affect the North Carolina Blue Blood basketball team, right? Look at what they got away with on the academic side. And you and I both know that if that had been UNC Charlotte, they would have gotten flattened by the NCAA as an example. But North Carolina's blue blood, so they get away with it. Um, if other schools had done in you know with their football programs what Alabama has been caught doing in the past, would have been flattened, but Alabama wasn't flattened. So if every state did the California thing and they open that up where any interested booster alumni with money could throw it at any recruit and just call it likeness stuff, then everybody would be able to cheat on the same level. <laughs> it's effectively what we're saying. And then I love it. Brooksy says, love the show. First time, long time. Thanks, Brooksy. All <laughs> you right. Know, wh while you were talking about the you know college athletes and the scholarships <laughs> and all that kind of, I got to wondering how, how many, what's the percentage of uh, college scholarship you know, athletic scholarship recipients that graduate, it's actually higher than your hmm. uh, regular student body. Hmm. It's like 20% higher. And that, is that right? Like maybe 87, that 87%. Now, hmm. given what we just talked about, some of the scandals, maybe they're, maybe it's a little easier to graduate. Well, you know, maybe there are some, uh, maybe there are some free passes in there. Um, but also maybe there's a lot of that free tutoring in there also that, that frankly, you know, just a kid paying his way through school is not going to be able to afford or have access to a lot of that tutoring. And I know there's a pun or a joke in there somewhere, given the recent news. Um, all right, so coming up next, music has started. We're going to talk with um, Brad Logan, who's made the move over to the Clarion Ledger. I saw Brad in the press box. And I hope we'll have time, if you can hang on, Mr. Rankin County, and I'll get to your call real quick and... If you can hang on through the break. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
back on the show. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Your hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau agents, somebody you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face, the way it should be. Welcome into the show. In just a sec, we'll chat with Brad Logan from the Clarion Ledger. Right now, though, Mr. Rankin County has been hanging on for a while, and I really appreciate that very much. Thanks for hanging on. What's up? Hey, how you doing today, man? I'm just right. Look, listen to the radio all the time. I'm not one of these guys that calls in a lot, though, because I just enjoy listening. But this this particular subject of um, of uh, students being uh, disagreeable with uh, arrangements that were made for them just befuddles me. I, I run a business here locally, and... Uh, I recently told someone that works here because they, they got upset when they found out, or at least they thought they found out, that somebody that works here makes a lot more money than they do. And then they come to me and they were really upset. They wanted to know why this injustice was occurring. And I told them, I said, well, when you came here, we, we, we had this agreement. Um, you were offering me a service. And I told you what I was willing to pay for that service. And you seemed extremely happy with that agreement. And I was happy with it, and so we have this relationship, but now all of a sudden you're telling me, because of something you heard through the grapevine somewhere, now all of a sudden you're extremely unhappy with our agreement. Uh, the funny thing about it was they weren't willing to break that negotiation with it. They, they still wanted to keep working. Mm, I see. They still wanted to keep the arrangement they had with me. They, they still wanted me to remember the handshake but they were extremely unhappy with the new circumstances. Hmm. And it, it, it just befuddles me when I hear this argument. Uh, well, it's not really an argument. I think it's mostly media-driven, but uh, about paying student-athletes to play a game. Hey, let me ask you something. You played college ball, right? I did, yep. Okay. Did you sign a letter of intent with the school that you went to? I did. And were you uh, an adult at that time or a minor? Well, I guess I was 18. Yeah, a senior okay. in high school. Well, well, either you or your parents, somebody's got to sign somewhere, right? Right. right. Somebody's got to say, hey, you're offering me this, and I really want it. I want it, and so I accept because it. because I don't right. watch the news a lot, I was hoping you could educate me. How many current student athletes have been in the news recently demanding a renegotiation of their agreement with the colleges that are providing their education? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. And you would know. I mean, you, you, you're you part of the media, and I'm assuming because of your job, you pay a lot of attention to these things, right? I'd know it, sure. I spend way too much time on Twitter. Okay. So it sounds <laughs> to me like, it sounds to me like uh, we have people unhappy with their agreements uh, because of things that other people are telling them. Yeah, well, I think, um, bingo, ding, 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 ding. Mr. Rankin County, mm. hey, I appreciate your call, and I really appreciate you hanging on as long as you did. Thank you. Okay, call me back. Hey, anytime. I, I just appreciate you letting me talk, man. Y'all have a good day. All right, you too. Business owner. All right. We'll flip it over now to the other line, one of the other lines on the Divinity Equipment phone. Brad Logan. He's now with the Clarion Ledger covering Mississippi State and Ole Miss. The Clarion Ledger and the Hattiesburg American, columnist and uh, reporter there. And he's on your radio right now. Brad, what's up? 
What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing just right. It was good to see you in the press box on Saturday. Man, I was happy to see you, too. And it was a a, a big day for Mississippi State, uh, Southern Miss in town, and a big win for Mississippi State. So, yeah, I'm sure the Bulldog fans are really happy today. You hearing anything regarding the health of Tommy Stevens? From everything we understand is I think it sounds like he's probably a go. You know, uh, we heard from Joe Moorhead on the teleconference, and he – he could be a great poker player. <laughs> so he, he keeps things really close to the best, and I don't blame him. Uh, that's his job. And uh, I think more than anything is he didn't he didn't even give on who the backup quarterback was going to be. Keaton Thompson, Derek Trader. Uh, so you know, I think that's kind of up in the air. But I think if it, if they play tomorrow, I think he could go simply because I, I don't think it's a, an injury to where it needs to be healed. It's going to be a lingering deal. So if he can play with it, I think he'll probably go. Okay. All right. Well, and that'll be interesting to see. I, you know, Kansas State uh, can really run the ball. I think they're a better team than what they yeah. were, you know, a year ago when State saw them. Um, and then I know up the road too, we didn't get to see it in, in in person. But that night, or maybe you went up there. That that was um, that was a nice win for Ole Miss over Arkansas, and much much needed, don't you think? Yeah, pretty much. In fact, Matt, I think inside the program, it was a much more, I guess you could say, desperate type situation for the coaching staff hmm. and the players. We learned that after the game, after talking to some administrators. We knew it would be a big game, uh, but we didn't know that the, the coaching staff was going to put so much emphasis on this game. In fact, they went so far as to say that they felt like they would lose a lot of the fan base if they didn't come away with a win. So the good news for Ole Miss is they were able to come out with that win. I've been pretty steadfast saying this team needed to start out 2-0 and to get to that six-win mark. I still kind of feel that way. I think Ole Miss going to have to steal one along the way to get to six. I think they're probably at five and seven now. But I think Ole Miss fans can be really excited because Rick Rodriguez called a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. And I think from week one to week two, when you look at players like Matt Corral, look at uh, defensive players, Defense coordinator, I should say, Mike McIntyre, and the type of game plan he had for Arkansas really shutting them down. Um, I think Ole Miss fans could be really, really excited about going forward. Now you've got some momentum going in the right way as they face a, a CELA team where they should get better. We should see a lot of younger players. But this season really hinged on that Arkansas game, whether it's going to be kind of nip in the bud, which is going to roll up the doors, it's over. Now at least they have some momentum and something to play for. Brad Logan on your radio right now. Before the season, we talked about Kylan Hill and Scotty Phillips, and so far, Brad, those two guys are living up to that conversation. Without question, I kind of you know caught my breath a little bit whenever I saw Kylan Hill get injured because I was really hoping he would be okay, and luckily it's, he's going to be fine. I think he could have played a lot more in the second half. Frankly, he wasn't needed. Plus, you get Witherspoon some great carries down the stretch along with with Nick Gibson, who also was a little bit banged up. You know, that injury bug is this time of year you really needed to leave you alone, and that's going to play a big factor for Mississippi State going forward. But the good news is, is everybody appears to be ready to go. Yeah, Scotty Phillips can really, really roll. Along with Jerry Ely, that's the, Dolly, the, the five-star freshman out of the Jackson area. And then you throw in Snoop Connor from down around Hattiesburg. Ole Miss's backfield is pretty much loaded. They all got a good bit of carries. Phillips can go. I think he's going to be a rich dude one day in the NFL. I think he's a prototypical NFL running back. I think the same could be said for Kylan Hill. Both those guys are going to be paid uh, next year. And I think Kylan Hill's got an opportunity to get up to 1,200 rushing yards. You know, last year we talked about it, got to around 700 or so, a little over 700. 
that was when Joe Moorhead made the decision in the latter part of the year to give him the football. And if you notice, man, as you well know, against Lafayette, against Southern Miss, he's run Kylan Hill really, really hard. And I really like the picture that Steve uh, Robertson tweeted out that he took when he made the big hurdle. I'm sure you've seen it. It was yeah. a great picture. That's kind of that's kind of how this this team has been seen this year. It's been the Kylan Hill show, and I think I think Tommy Stevens is going to be okay. I'm a little nervous about that injury to the shoulder, but I think if he stays healthy, this, this offense is really dangerous. That offensive line is one of the best in the conference. Mm-hmm. We've seen Osiris Mitchell and, and Stephen Gidry really step up at wide receiver. It's a really good offense in Star. Yeah, Brad, will you get to go to a game this weekend? Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in Oxford. I've, I've joined up with the good folks at WJTV in the Sports Zone, and so I'm on their show uh, prior to the Ole Miss game uh, in, in in Oxford, and then I'll be in Starfall, um knock on wood for the Kentucky game. I think that's going to be a big one. Obviously, it's a big one. I think Mississippi State should take care of business against Kansas State. They're obviously a formidable foe. A lot, I think, going to be a lot better than Lafayette and with Southern Miss, but. Look, if Tommy Stevens does what he does through the air, and Kylan Hill gets rolling, I like the Mississippi State defense, man. I think they've taken some lumps early. I think they've taken some criticism early. As long as Brian uh, Cole, along with Landrews, well, he had a great game, led the led the team in tackles last week. Then you've got Errol Thompson and like Smitherman on the corner. They're going to be okay, and I think that they should win pretty handily this weekend. I am interested in that Kentucky game coming up in two weeks. Sure, sure. And now Kentucky – it's hard to gauge them now that they're going to be kind of starting over with a new quarterback, Terry Wilson, uh, gone for the yeah. year. And I, I kind of feel like Kentucky, last thing, Brad, got about a minute. They're going to really have their hands full with Florida's defense this weekend, I think, up in Lexington. I do, too. I think Florida's got something to prove. And here's a kicker for Mississippi State, the good news. They get Kentucky with a, a banged-up quarterback. And, of course, they're going to play some some quarterback we're not sure about. Secondly, they're going to get a Tennessee team that, quite frankly, is reeling as well. This schedule setting up really nice for Mississippi State to really do some damage and get to that possibly nine or ten win mark if things fall their way. Obviously, LSU is loaded to bear right now. Take LSU and Alabama kind of off the schedule. The rest of them, man, they look pretty good. And I like State hosting LSU this year. Get them in Starfleet. It's going to be an absolute zoo in Davis Wade. Anything can happen. Yep, I agree. Hey, Brad, good to catch up with you. Like I said, good to see you this past weekend. Enjoy the weekend in Oxford, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Man, yeah, see you soon, man. All right, see you. That's Brad Logan. Y'all follow him on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE. He's at uh, Starkville last weekend. He'll be in Oxford this coming weekend. Hour two coming up. Got a surprise for you. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.